This episode of the A-List Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Welcome to another edition of the A-List Podcast. I'm your host, Ashra Blakely, joined once again by Kwani A. Lunas and Gary Washburn. Gary, what's your middle, what's your middle name, G? Yeah, tell what's your full government it. name? I hope it starts with an A. It, no, it don't. It doesn't. It doesn't. I ain't getting identity thefted in here. Um, <laughs> my name y'all shysters. You're not going to tell us at all? We divulge that information with our audience. My middle name is Michael. Oh, oh isn't that cute? Ooh. Gary Michael Washburn. Oh, isn't that sweet? You sounds like an actor. That sounds like an actor name. Oh, you think? Oh, you talking about Michael B. Jordan? That's what you're thinking about. Come <laughs> on, I didn't say, say it. Gary, you were thinking it too. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I not we touched got a, that. We got one. a long, we got a long history of Kwani and, and Michael B. Jordan. Specifically, we talked about it last week. I'm just trying to bring the people. Some of the commenters said they didn't understand the stories and our our insights. So we I have to explain that. We have to explain some things. So let's exactly. be more, you know, explanatory. We'll, we'll over- Quanny, you explain to Michael B. Jordan because I want your I want your story to be the story. Because if I tell it, you Quanny, you don't want me to tell. Yeah, I think brain. I might have forgot. Forgot. You know, I in one week, it. I think you guys should get your brain checked out if you forgot in one week the entire I story. Forgot. I told the story. We were at a Celtics game. Michael B. Jordan was visiting his friend Kyrie, two Jersey guys, by the way, and. Michael B. Jordan was taking pictures after the game, and there was like a line of people taking pictures with him. I knew all of them, and I was like with them, but I didn't want to take a picture. And then eventually, I did because right. then I felt like I was being rude by not. We're gonna have to find the picture and post it. Or yeah, like- if you follow me on, if you find my Instagram, Kwani A. Lunas, it is there. You just have to scroll a little bit, but the picture is online and. The two of them are very disappointed in the way. I will say this. I remember the picture vividly, and Kwani is about as disinterested looking as you could possibly be. Because the reason why. You would think that she was standing next to like a D-list celebrity who just happened to have like 12 minutes of fame. This is Michael B. Jordan. He kind of, even then he was kind of a big deal. Even then he was kind of big. They took the picture when he was telling his friends that he could dunk on the TD Garden floor, and I was looking at him saying, no, you can't. So that was why I looked that way in the picture because at that exact moment is when he was saying he could easily duck, and I just didn't believe him in that moment. I still don't actually. I haven't seen him dunk at all. Well, anyway, not that the people got the story right. Uh, slam dunk <laughs> for us is our good friends at BetOnline.ag. Uh, don't forget the A-list podcast with, with us is available on iTunes, Spotify, and all your podcasting apps but listen before we go any further we're just gonna dive right into what's going on and jason tatum hit him with the 50 piece plus a wing 51 washington gary washburn we were both there um i mean gary what what was your takeaway from from jason's game because after the game there was a lot of it it, it felt like like a lot of y'all do know i'm kind of nice vibes that i was getting from tatum uh i could be wrong but I'm just curious, what was what was uh, what was your takeaway? Well, I thought the same shots that he was taking the last week were just going in. It was kind of crazy. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think he was taking any bad shots during the uh, twenty streak of twenty misses. But for whatever reason, all of them were going in in Washington. Um, I thought it was a very, honestly, a very important win for the Celtics. Like the Washington's kind of their peer at this point. You know, the, the Wizards are, are them are kind of fighting for that to, to try to escape the play-in. So, and they coming off that 
really bad loss against Portland. So I thought it was good for them uh, to win that game so resoundingly and also for Tatum to kind of get his swagger back and to play like the, the, the player that people are saying, you cannot touch him. He's going to be a cornerstone, a franchise player, uh, because he makes it look at times so effortlessly. And he was unstoppable. Like Washington threw all types of defenders at him. He still got to the rim. He still was hitting the splash in the three. And it was just good to see, if you're a Celtic fan, him look so like he did last year as opposed to the struggles this year. Yeah, he um, I, I you're you're right. Washington threw a lot of defenders at him, but here's the problem: they all kind of sucked. Um, they weren't very good in the zone defense, and that was it was a great strategy because most teams are looking at the Celtics and be like, if we just hit him with a zone, we're good. And they finally, the Celtics finally started knocking down some shots. And yeah, Tatum had the big game, but other guys were stepping up, knocking down shots too. But I thought Washington in general, they didn't blitz Tatum as much as I thought they would. Uh, when a guy drops 31 on you in the first half, I'm trying to make make this listen. I'm I'm listen. You have officially become Gary Washburn's middle name, Michael, as in Michael Jackson. <laughs> I want Tito and Jermaine to make some shots. I need I need the other non-stars on your team to make some shots. Guys who are not don't have it cooking like you do. Jason all, Tatum. Uh, let's not. Okay, <laughs> you, you didn't touch a real sensitive topic with the Jacksons. My favorite I know, group of I all did that. Time. I, that Gary, that was intentional because I know my how you are about all this. time. Let's not talk about Jermaine. Jermaine, Jermaine was mad talented. He was, he was there. He was Scotty. He Pippen. wasn't Michael. He wasn't Michael, but he wasn't Tito either. I love Tito too, but Jermaine. Let's leave his name out of it. Jermaine was the man. So you're right. You got to make <laughs> someone else beat you, and no one else. I mean, you know, everyone else had a solid game. No one else. I mean, you know, had a great game. In terms of like scoring, I mean, Marcus Smart was a plus 36 in his 31 minutes. Jalen was here and there, uh, you know, kind of got going late when the when the game was kind of already decided. But I just thought it was a, a way, a really good way to come back from that Portland game. I mean, they're going to look at the end of this season of all the games they blew because that's a game, the Portland game, a game you got to win. Like you cannot lose that game. That was one of the more deflating losses of the season but for them to come back on the road washington had already beat them twice this year but the wizards to me looked a little less engaged than they did they were hype in the first month and a half of the season they you know because they're they're just so desperate to win they were looking good they were like they were top tops in the east for a hot minute maybe they're like 13 and 6 or something like that yeah and now they're under 500 and they just didn't really look interested like Dinwiddie didn't look interested. Bradley Beal didn't look real interested. Like, that was a team that didn't look real engaged yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they opened the season 11-5, and and everyone was talking about how they've turned a corner. And then they turned a corner and realized, oh, crap, we same spot we was before. We we, we, we still the Wizards. We we ain't turned no corner. We are still the Wizards, the Izzards, as I like to call them, because W's don't come easy for them, uh, clearly. (laughs) In the Globe, you did right right after that Trailblazers loss about how the Celtics have been struggling with that zone defense. What do you think changed for them to turn around so quickly? And can they keep that momentum? They hit shots. They made three pointers. Like they they hit, they just I think they hit six or seven in the first quarter. Like that's what you have to do. Like you can't you've got to hit shots. Or some people have suggested, and 
you know, for the people watching and, and have who think they have theories about how to break a zone, I'd like to hear them because some people some people will I got will theory put put Tatum in the middle at the top of the key and let him be like the facilitator, the uh the guy in the middle, like it's an old reference, but like the metal arc lemon, the guy who was just like running things, mm-hmm. facilitating, let him do that. Um, but the best way to beat the zone is the three-pointer. And let's face it, most teams are good at shooting three-pointers or they have, you know, good three-point shooters on their team. The Celtics just hadn't had that in them. They've struggled from three. Uh, and then when it gets down to the, you know, I didn't like, I wasn't real happy the way, like, Ime kind of put it on Romeo missing a threes and Grant. It was just like, if you're depending on Romeo and Grant, down that's the stretch, you hit threes. Like, that's a problem. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't put it on, well, they missed some shots they could have made. Yeah, but you're not – Romeo ain't got enough stripes yet to be like, okay, we're depending on Romeo to bring us home. He's just a compliment. The same with Grant. If Grant hits three or four threes in a game, that's great. You're not expecting that. But Tatum and Brown have to hit three-point shots, and it would help, but it's not likely that Mark, Mark is smart and shooter three pointers well here's the thing uh as someone who went to syracuse uh, i've seen a lot of zone defense and i've seen quanti just relax i don't bring listen 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 go ahead can can you can you can i finish i you'll like this gary i've seen lots of team torch that zone and the one thing that teams that have had success against the zone do they have a stretch big who can knock down a free throw shot because when you pass the ball at the center of the zone now all of a sudden that zone has to collapse in some way if you've got a guy who can knock down a free throw jump shot if you have al or tatum at that free throw line and you swing the ball to them that defense is either going to suck in to actually get out of the zone which is going to probably leave that baseline open for a lob pass there's i just think that there are there are ways that you can attack a zone other than three-point shot because that shot's going to be there and if you've got great shooters, that they're going to get out of that zone real quick because you'll be knocking those shots down. But if you don't have great shooters, you've got to attack that middle and force that defense to, frankly, reconfigure itself. Because if you've got a guy like Al Horford wide open at the free throw line, he's going to knock that shot down a lot. And it's going to force you to defend him in a way that your zone defense is not built to defend that possession. And when that happens, now all of a sudden, that zone defense has to react to what you're doing as opposed to you reacting to the zone defense. That's all I'm saying, Gary. That's all I'm saying. So moving but, forward, though, how will, ahead, teams, will teams continue to defend them that way, or do you yes. think they're going to adjust? Hell yeah! Yeah, they're going to use the zone. Here's the thing, too. Robert Williams, as much as he's a rim runner and he can be in the ducker spot, you would like Robert Williams to be at the top of the key, but he really isn't shooting – his jumper, his release is so, so slow that because you would like for him to get the ball at the top of the key and be able to either dribble drive, little short jumper, or dunk it as opposed to like a Tatum. Like you would like the big man to be in the middle kind of running those things, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have that skill set yet to be at the top of the key and be like, oh, okay, you're going to give me this 10-foot jumper. And, right. and I think Robert could shoot, but his release is, is takes so long. He needs to – to quicken that release. He's got that, well, you know, that type of release. When he gets time, he can hit it. I think that hurts him too. Not having that real active, uh, like kind of skillful big that, you know, and, and, and let, yeah, you can put Hortford in the middle, but 
they hit eight threes in the first quarter um, against Washington. That's going to break a zone because, yeah. you know, and they hit four in the second quarter when the Wizards kind of came back and then uh, the Celtics made a run in, into the into the period to have a 15-point halftime lead. So, yeah, you hit eight threes in the first quarter, and that's more than they've had in games over the last several weeks. You know, they've been 11 for 46 and things like that. So you go, you know, eight for 14, I believe, they went in the first quarter. That's going to break a zone, and that opens things up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but definitely you're, you're right, though. I mean, Gary, teams are going to – they're licking their chops when they see the Celtics now because they know they got a defense that has given the Celtics problems all season long, and that's that zone defense. And they played – they did a great job against Washington, obviously, and they should feel good about themselves. But can they do it again? Can they develop some type of consistency so that when teams – go to that zone, they play so well that teams get out of it real quick. I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know if they can do that because uh, up to this point. You're not going to get from t- uh, Tatum every night. So. Oh, he's not going to hit you with a 50-piece and change every right. night? No. So, it's and again, and, and Bradley Bill is not going to have like 19 points every night. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, but in addition to Tatum's big game, it was also the return of – Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. He, uh, I mean, as Gary pointed out earlier, I mean, his numbers, you know, they, they didn't just kind of jump off the charts, but the team was clearly better when he was on the floor. I mean, I think it was a, it was plus 36 or something like that when he, when he played, which is a, a ridiculous number, even in a blowout game for one guy to have who wasn't like, you know, scored a ton of points to have that type of plus minus is, is impressive. Um, and, and Marcus, in addition to his play, Marcus, uh, he had some he had some things to say uh, to kind of get the guys going. And let's let's uh, let's let's take a listen to to just kind of Marcus just kind of talking a bit about that. Before the game, I told everybody, um, you know, I pulled everybody aside right before the tip off. You know, I just told everybody, you know, I love them. You know, I love all you guys. Uh, you know, uh, I'm here and proud, and you know, um, really looking for everybody's success. You know, uh, I'm glad to be a part of everybody's success. You know, I know obviously things haven't been going our way, but, you know, we just have to go out there and do what we what we know we ought to do. You know, I pulled Jason Jalen and told them separately by themselves, and I went down along with everybody on the team individually, you know, told them, you know, I appreciate them, proud of them. You know, this is what you do. Just go out there and do it and keep doing it. And, you know, I told Jalen and Jason, keep playing. Don't worry about it. And I told Jason specifically, I know you ain't hit a three in 20, about 20 attempts, you know, um, just keep shooting. I said, I'm gonna make sure I find you. I'm gonna get you going, I'm gonna get you open. Just shoot the ball, don't think about it. Don't worry about nothing else. Just play the game of basketball. Don't worry about anything else than playing the game. Play the right way. Defense gives you the shot, you take it. They give you the drive, you drive it. They come on your help, you make the right read and we go from there. And uh, him and Jalen, you know, came out in the show today, so. Um, being able to take that control as the point guard um, and knowing and, and understanding my teammates um, was big and it was something we needed. That was beautiful. I need a pep talk like that every morning. I think I'd be good. I felt, this is the thing. And I, I love everything he said. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and Kwani, you know this as well as anybody. I, I, I'm just irrationally supportive of Marcus Smart. Uh, yes. One for twenty-one, and I'm still riding with him. Uh, I mean, okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a clown on him a little bit. I'm a crack on him a little bit. But I'm still I was waiting for the butt. I, I get it. I'm still, I'm still riding with him. But the, here's the thing about what he said that that um, 
I love everything he said, and I love that it in some way, shape, shape or form may have impacted these guys in a positive mm-hmm. way. But what's going to happen the next game and the next game after that? Do you have to keep giving these type of pep speeches for guys to actually play their games? Does Jason Tatum need to be told that – Take what the defense gives you every single game. Does Jalen Brown need, you know, that, that those type of encouraging words? And if they need those, if they need that, then damn it, you need to bring it every game if that's what it takes. But I'm I'm struggling to understand where this team uh, is is going, even when when you have these kind of positive moments, because you don't get the sense of whether this is just a one night only. Yeah. type of thing or is this something that that can be sustained i mean does he have to do this game in and game out for them to, to get the best out of those guys and if he does then he needs to do exactly what he did before you know the game in washington but i don't but i don't i don't know if that's something that they need game in and game out. I'm, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on that gary yeah it's interesting i thought that the, it was i think what we've learned is that they are reading what's being written about them and they understand their national perception that they are a, a, a majorly disappointing team and they should be better. And they're reading Perk's tweets and they're watching NBA Today and they're seeing what people say about them and saying that these guys, you just can't rely on them. They're they're not dependable. Split up Jason or Jalen, move forward, make a major deal, do whatever you got to do, clear the roster. They are hearing all this noise, right? And not to say that all these people are wrong, but they understand they're they're a 500 team. They've been a 500 team for a year and a half now. Um, And I think, you know, I think the us against everybody thing is something that I think everybody, I think it's a whole, this whole perception of everybody hates on on you, every person, every person, you know, oh, y'all hating on me. Y'all, everybody feels like they're being hated on. That's the new, you know, that's the new theme of, of our society. I got, I got a bunch of haters, you know, yeah. Somebody criticized you, you a hater. Someone says, this is what you can do better. You a hater. Someone says, this is how you can improve. No, you a hater. You think I'm trash. Like the thing is, is that. Get it just brother Gary, get it off no, your no, chest, brother. Watch. No, get it saying, off. So I think that, I think that that's what Marcus is saying. The galvanizing the teammates, the us against everybody. Will that work? We'll see. I don't think that, I think they're a team that's gets along. I don't think they're a team that's got a lot of issues in the locker room and arguing and backstabbing and things like that. But I also think it's, it's got to lay out in some consistency. Like they've got to have, they've got to beat teams that they should beat. And we saw, I said, I, I can just keep pointing to that Portland game. You're up 189 to 89 with six minutes left against a team without several key players, not only Damian Lillard, but Norman Powell, you know, and Larry Nance Jr., and you give it up. And, and 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 that team knew we can beat these guys. And now Portland came back Sunday and beat Toronto. So Portland's not – they beat Washington. So Portland isn't bad. But that's a game you have to win. Especially to, at home. Yeah, to eliminate all the doubters, haters, people saying, what the hell's wrong with the Celtics? You can't – like, they got Sacramento Tuesday. Is that a cinch? You would think – but Sacramento came last year and beat the Celtics, right? And, um, you know, it, it, with the kind of the same team and the same kind of like, you know, no chance of making the playoffs type of record. So um, the Celtics have to be more reliable to themselves, not for the fans, not for the people who are critics. 
They have to do this for themselves. They got to want to be better and more consistent because they got a chance in the East. They're six and a half out of first with 34 games left. That's they're probably not going to win the East. Let's be honest. I mean, we all know that, but they can make a run to avoid the play-in because right now the East is like the top six teams are starting to separate from the next six. Mm-hmm. Right. So the sixth place is like Charlotte. And I think the Celtics are, are three or four games uh, in back of Charlotte. Know. Right. Or, you know, so basically what we're having here is you're having like a, a kind of the things are separating. So it's more than just we see here. The Celtics are four games out of out of sixth. Philadelphia is sixth and they're playing good ball. Right. Um Cleveland's not going to drop. It doesn't seem like Cleveland's going to make that drop everybody expected. So the Celtics are going to have to put together a winning streak. Mm-hmm. Okay. Five, six, seven in a row. The next three games, Sacramento, then Atlanta, then New Orleans, three winnable games. All winnable games. Okay. Even at Atlanta, but Atlanta had that her- like 10 game home losing streak, but the Hawks are playing better. But mm-hmm. you got to get two of those games at least. You got to start building and get away from 500 and part, put some momentum together. So I think Smart's trying to encourage his guys, but I think everybody knows that probably changes are going to come. Like they got mm-hmm. two and a half weeks before the trade deadline. Brad needs to do something. I think he understands because you look at the game Sunday, you look at this team's potential and everything is clicking, mm-hmm. you know, but everything was clicking. What about when it isn't? Mm-hmm. Can you still grind out wins? Do you need another shooter? Yes. Uh, could you use another capable backup center? Yes. Um, do you need another swingman, defensive swingman? Yes. Like a lot of things on that list. And that and, and that's the scary part about this team is that, you know, typically when you hit the trade deadline, there's usually that one position, that one area of need where you can say, man, if we get that one thing, we're going to be all right. Not the case with these guys. They got lots of needs. Uh, and, and as and, you know, we're talking about Marcus Smart and just obviously, you know, his words of motivation and his play against Washington. He's a name that we've heard, God, it seems like for the last couple of years when there's trade rumors and stuff. But, but the one thing that, you know, I, I think often gets overlooked with Marcus is that even though his numbers statistically may not be great, particularly this year, when he's on the floor, good things more times than not happen for these guys. Uh, and he's missed nine games this year. They're three and six. In those games, and I know they had other guys who were missing during that 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 period of time. But we, he's that one guy that, for whatever reason, uh, he's kind of a lightning rod where people want to almost like justify why the Celtics need to get rid of him. Uh, and I look at the numbers, and again, the numbers are not great, but the numbers for most of the Celtics this year, including Jason Tatum, including you know Al Horford, you can go down the line, are not great this year. But to me, it's what happens when you aren't in the building. I'm looking at really determining just your value, not so much what you do in the games. And Mark, when, when they don't have Marcus Smart, they literally don't have a, a any semblance of a point guard. Schroeder is a great scorer in the backcourt, but he's not a point guard per se. He's a guard, and he's a good one. He's a good scoring guard, but he's not your traditional point guard, and neither is Marcus, but Marcus is the closest thing they have to that. That's why I think when, he, when he's playing, Tatum – plays I think a little bit better because Tatum doesn't have as many of the traditional playmaking duties on his plate. He's got a guy that is, is when you look at this roster again, Marcus is, is about as good as you have on this roster. Now, does that mean that you don't go out and try to get something that's better? No, you look into that. You absolutely have to look into that. But 
for what you have now in terms of playmaking, he's as good as you got. I don't want to give him all the credit, obviously, for the win. But when you talk about, like you mentioned, off the court stuff, when he's in the building, how he can motivate this team. I do think that emphasizes the value that he brings. But to Gary's point, we just need to see consistency out of them. If that means, like you said, giving a pep talk every game, then so be it. Because the Celtics, they like they know they need to get it together. But if Marcus Smart is that factor, as they call him, the heart and soul, then you're going to have to make sure your heart and soul is in the locker room every game, even if mm. he's not – well, I guess if he's in COVID protocol, he can't. But overall, just, again, further shows that he is valuable. The way he speaks into his teammates is important, and I think they're going to need to keep him around as part of, you know, moving forward how they continue to grow because he seems to be the vocal guy that can do that and bring yeah. them together. I would just like to see this for Marcus, Okay. I would like to see Marcus be more consistent and I'd like to see him stop with the like with the LaMelo. I think someone mentioned that it wasn't me with the LaMelo ball stuff. Stop with the fancy passes. Oh, the, like, you just, know, the, just fundamentals. Just, now, Gary, that inbounds where he threw it off my man back and had to lay no, up. That, that was beautiful. That was, that that was, was beautiful. That, that was, was Gary Thug Tear came down my face when I, I saw watched that. that play at least 50 <laughs> times because I, I kept looking like. <laughs> That was, Who did he uh, pass it to? My teammate's just trying to get himself in the air, and he's he, like, he just trying to try, try do too much. He tried, you know, like sometimes we all know Marcus is going to take. Sometimes you've got to play within yourself. You are not the spectacular it. playmaker. It's okay, just be a playmaker. You're not Lamelo Ball because Lamelo makes it, the other night against Boss. He had eight turnovers, yeah. right? Like that's not clean, good, clean basketball that could cost you games. But fortunately for the Hornets, like Rozier and those dudes were on and they basically outscored the Celtics. But if you're smart, like you got to be sensible with the ball. Don't take too many chances. Don't don't throw the long, you know, baseball pass down the court. That's got a 23 percent chance of making getting through. If it, if, it, if it gets through, it's a great play that could make, uh, you know, top 10 highlight shows. If it's not, it's a turnover like. Marcus needs to be take care of the ball better, in my opinion. Make the, the the right pass. Don't make the crazy pass. And I think even yesterday, early in the first half, you you in the first half, he was doing that Lamelo ball. Go in, you know, try to do this, you know, go behind his back. Be cute. Don't be cute, Marcus. Make the right play. You know, I know you want to, you know, make the fans go woo and turn heads, but just make the right play. If he does that. And stays with him in himself, because Marcus has been guilty for seven years of trying to do too much. Marcus is always trying to do too much. Be too much of a shooter. Be too much of a score. Be too much of a magician on the court. Just no, no, Marcus. Just put the ball where it needs to be. Do your dirty work. The good plays. The defensive uh, steals. Taking flopping every now and then to get a shot. What? That, that's you. Do that. But stay within yourself and make the sensible right play and it's supposed to be a better team. It's when he gives the ball away because this team has a bad habit of giving possessions away. They just they do too much silly stuff with the ball. And Marcus is kind of the leader of that. I, I wish – you know what, Gary? Here's I, I'm, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with you on this one. And, and here's why. I, I love the fact that he's trying to do much. I wish more guys tried to do more than what they're capable of doing. Because to me – you're increasing the likelihood of something positive happening. Because right now, if or you do exactly ne- or something what- negative, they 500, Shiraz, so, so something negative. Like, something negative. Gary, it's not on, it's it not on him. It hasn't worked out. 
Well, Gary, it's, Gary, if one, you got one guy who's trying to do too much and other guys who are trying to, well, you know, we kind of doing what we, I guess we supposed to try to be doing. No, I want to try something different. And to me, trying to do more is better than trying to do less. No, I don't know. Trying to do more I, I, mean, I, I know that's like more. profound words and thoughts. I just dropped. That wasn't that deep. I no. think with Marcus, it's the, for this team specifically, I don't think he can afford to do more because they don't have enough people that now, can. No, that's a different conversation. That's but a different I, do, conversation. I will say, that's why I'm like slightly in the middle for, from both of you because I do want to see him do the most, but that's only when the team can afford those extra fancy passes and, and extra moves because they have you know consistent scoring or consistent passing, whatever the case may be. Right now, this roster, that's the only time I don't want to see it because they have a lot of work to do on the, the <laughs> fundamental side. And they don't have time for the flashiness. I, I'll, I'll say this much. I think his timing could be better. And I think that maybe he needs to ratchet in a little bit. But I love the fact that he goes into every game trying to do more than he's he's expected to do or supposed to do. Yeah, I right. wish more guys cared about the game that much where they tried to do more than they were supposed to do. I mean, listen, I, take, take you back to Detroit when I covered the Pistons. Rip Hamilton, we all know Rip for that mid-range game, right? That's his thing, right? Rip at one point decided, you know what? Let me see if I can knock down this three ball and let me find a spot that I can actually make it from. And you know what he did in the one year where he focused on that? He led the freaking league in three-point shooting percentage. It's it's like one of those – it would be – if, if that is the answer to a question of Jeopardy, you are going to win the money because no one is going to get that right. Rip Hamilton actually led the league in three-point shooting percentage. And you know what he did? He took like 95% of his threes from that left corner because that was a sweet spot. Yeah. Trying to do more is not a bad thing. It's to me, it's but to your point, Gary, I see where you're coming from. Sometimes he does get a little out of control with it a little bit. I get that. But I would much rather have a guy who's trying to do too much and help us win than other guys who are just kind of stone cold chilling like bro man on the corner waiting for that sandwich to get down on the third floor. I think we have a misunderstanding of what doing too much is. Okay. I'm not saying Marcus doesn't need to play really, really hard and go all out and do I'm saying, like, I'm going to take 10 threes. The Woods, the other game, he took 10 threes in the first yeah. half. Like, no, Marcus, no. Fans hate take, that, too. I've you do not need to be taking yeah. 10 threes in a game. Like, he took six threes in the the fourth quarter collapse against the Knicks in New York. He took six threes in the fourth quarter. No, 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 no. Like, unless you are on, unless it's one of them rare nights where you got it right, you on, okay, no, 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 with the like Mutumbo. No, no, no. But with to six, but to Shrock point, three. if no one's scoring, then why not shoot your shot? No, Mark, just, that's what's got no him here. That's what's got him here is Marcus is like F it. That's Look, the problem I'll that you ready to address. F it. Look. I'm just gonna I'm okay. Y'all need another balance for me. Y'all need we, somebody to score. We, I'll do we, it. Like we are going to have to agree to disagree yeah. on Marcus yeah. Marcus. Like, I think doing too things. much. I think doing too much is to me the I said the Overly fancy passes, the stuff that's just like whip whipped cream, making the low percentage long lead. Whipped cream's a good thing. I no, love whipped cream. You gotta get whipped cream, Gary. Because the Celtics why are you coming at whipped cream now? The, the Celtics yeah. mess yeah. off a lot of possessions with careless passes, unforced turnovers. How many unforced turnovers does Marcus have? Not somebody stealing the ball from him and ripping them. That's a yeah. that's like a, a that's a forced turnover, not but tossing it and, and and someone stepping in the pass lane because Marcus threw a careless pass or Marcus tried to do something behind the back or Marcus like 
you know, and he, he'll do that, my bad, or, you know, like, no, man, no more my bads. Like, don't do that stuff because every possession is important, especially when this team has a lead. When they get that 11-point lead, they tend to start messing possessions off, just like against Portland where you saw that Portland game, they took the lead, the 11-point lead was 7-19 left in the game. Portland didn't score for almost two minutes. So it wasn't like Portland came back with a couple of bam-bam threes and it was a five-point game. Like, Portland was like, beat us. Like, Portland didn't score for a minute plus before McCollum hit a three off the inbound then all, all, from the corner in front of the Celtics bench, and all of a sudden he hit another one, and it was it was a six-point game. You're like, uh-oh, the Celtics just blew possessions after that. Like, that's what I think they if Marcus is your leader, he can't blow possessions that way. And that this team is and it's not only Marcus, but he is the leader of if he's the, your floor leader, he's got to be like, no, no more blowing bad uh possessions, blowing blowing, blowing possessions. Well, listen, we can talk about consistency and inconsistency all we want, but I do know who is consistent, and that is our good friends at betonline.ag, the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. Yes, we are in the new year. Damn, we're almost a, we're almost a month into this bad boy. Yeah. Uh, but betonline.ag has new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today, and you can receive your 50% welcome bonus. Promo code CLNS50 to get you started. They've got everything from football, which is this Ooh, weekend was popping. Poppin'. We're talking playoffs. The best. Playoffs? Basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, you name it. They got to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in 2022. Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Online, where the game starts. And speaking of starts we're gonna we're gonna bring in our good friend kyle draper who got his real start in boston he was a nobody before he came to boston but he came to boston and then he blew up let's bring in our good friend kyle that's gonna blow up man nice <laughs> nice to see I tried you guys how my christmas tree <laughs> intro is that all, all i know is friend. Uh, it's good. All, all I know is Sherrod must still be paying off those student loans because he got the Syracuse behind him. You right know what I mean? Him. So he's still paying off those student loans. Actually, I see they this. paying me, but that's another story. That's another story for another day. I do need to note day. that I tried to hide my Christmas tree still being up, and yet this shot now exposes me all the way. So Kwani's still waiting on those gifts. That's what that is. She's still hoping for some gifts to I be know, under I'm just there. Kidding. Is that? <laughs> Kwani's trying to send like a subliminal message about you know my birthday's in like a couple. Oh yeah, weeks, my birthday y'all. is February fifteenth. Fifteenth. So. Okay. 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 So she's trying. She's oh trying to, man. Uh, send the message. What's going on, Kyle Draper? What's going on with you, bro? No, I'm good. I'm looking at G. Wash, newly married over there. He's like, Ooh. honey, I'll get to it in a minute. Look yeah. at it's good. I miss you guys. I'm gonna keep it real. I, I miss you guys. Bro, you know? Gary got that uh, married look on his face. Right? You know all about that, man. He's like, man. I got to do something after this. I got to go yeah. to the store. I got to get some milk or something. But it's all drapes. is that's that's drapes' life. He's what he's talking about. He, he's yeah, giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of, of <laughs> drape, drape life. I get it. I get it. That's true. That's true. I, I, I tell you what, though, man. Um, we've been watching your team, Sacramento Kings, play probably more than we should. Uh, <laughs> I ain't alone. Uh, I know the Celtics ain't alone. Y'all got some nice pieces over there. And the record is obviously not great. I think you guys have lost, what, three or four in a row or something like that? Don't worry about that. It's, it's not about that. No, it's about the talent. Y'all, and y'all got some ballers. <laughs> y'all got some ballers who might be so, on the move. 
so is that what you brought me on here to talk about, Sharad? Yeah, just to talk coaching about the Sacramento Kings roster. I want like, you to talk. Which about, guys can we get here in Boston? I want you to talk about these players because those players may be on the move, and and you see them on a day in day out basis. Right. So when I talk about a guy like Harrison Barnes, I mean, we've known him from. He, all the way back to college and, and at Golden State, obviously, and, and out in Sacramento. As a player, what's he bringing to the table? Because, I mean, he seems to be like a just a real solid player, solid, solid citizen type. Yeah. No, you just said it, man. Pencil him in for 15 to 18 points per game every single night. He's a guy that doesn't need the ball. He's a guy that's going to be the first one in the gym, the last one to leave. He's a consummate professional. And uh, I, I, I've always said, you know, Harrison Barnes can fit in on any team, any system, any roster, any scheme. The dude is just a flat-out solid ball player, and I think he's a coach's dream. And so in Sacramento, he's having a career year when you look at his three-point percentage. So he can knock down the three. He can play great defense. And so, no, man, he he's a great locker room guy. You know, the one thing about Harrison, he's not that vocal. You know, he's not a rah-rah kind of guy or anything like that. But you know what you're going to get from him night in and night out. Sounds like a younger Al Horford. Not different player, but yeah. as far as like the off the court and demeanor and that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, and and you know I love Al Horford. So, you know, mm-hmm. five-time yeah, All-Star. So, yeah. What about the Foxy one? Mr. Fox. Man, you're going right at the top. Hi, you, you're yeah. coming off. <laughs> I'm coming. Hey, Drapes, I, I decided to take the cookies from the bottom shelf and put them on the top shelf for you. Here's the thing about De'Aaron Fox. Great player, young talent. The Kings aren't just going to give him away, Sherrod. You know, are you, you sending me back? You, you sending me back Tatum? You sending me back Jalen Brown? I mean, because if I'm Monty McNair, the conversations would have to start with Jalen Brown. And I, I told somebody the other day, I don't see the pieces the Celtics can offer outside of their big two. And Tatum, to me, is off limits. We know that, right? Tatum, Tatum ain't going anywhere. And so unless you're talking Marcus Smart, if I'm Monty McNair and I see Brad Stevens on the line, the first words out of Brad's mouth better be Jalen Brown. If not, I'm hanging up on him. Now, (laughs) Drapes, this other guy I want to ask you about, and I know you can go on and on about this because full disclosure, I'm going to just let everybody know this. When Kyle Draper was in Boston, Buddy Hill was his guy. (laughs) Draper was on a Buddy Hill trade before anyone cared about Buddy Hill. I give you that, But but the thing about it, Drapes, Here's the thing about Buddy Hill, though, Drapes. Buddy Hill is damn near old as us. So I can understand why you were so so cool with him. Oh my I can understand that. Right? <laughs> we, we graduated high school the same year. You're right. No, uh, here's the thing I, and why I was so high and still am high on Buddy Hill. Shooting. I mean, think about it. Every NBA team needs shooting. And this is a guy that can win you several games throughout the year just by getting hot from three-point range. And so we do know the Kings tried to trade him. On draft night, mm-hmm. thought they had a great deal getting Montrez and Kyle Kuzma. That would have been a huge move from Monty McNair. But I don't know about Buddy's future in Sacramento, and I think he'd help a lot of teams. I think, you know, when you look at the Celtics, what's been their Achilles heel? They go through wild, cold spots, cold droughts. You know, it's like, you know, three of 42 from three or something, something you know. And so he would definitely help uh, in that. And, uh, you know, Buddy has improved his defense, too. Let me say that. I'm not saying he's locking it. He ain't Bruce Bowen or anything like that. He ain't locking the Ben Wallace out there, Ron Artest or anything. But he gives the effort. And so, you know, if you look at Sacramento, 
they got to make a move probably, right? Yeah. I mean, they got to do something. And so I, I know teams are calling and uh, I know Monty McNair is answering, but Buddy would be a solid six man, I think, for the Celtics score coming off the bench. And they they desperately need a guy who can knock down shots. Because we, we were talking earlier in the podcast about, you know, some of their needs. And they could use a playmaker. They could use another big. They could use another a shooter. But I think of all those things that they are clearly in need of and could benefit from, shooting is the one thing I think they could get at the trade deadline potentially that can help them both in the short and long term. But it's got to be the right fit. It's got to be the right guy. And it's got to be the right guy that doesn't cost them – Frankly, they're pillars. And I think, you know, obviously Jason ain't going nowhere. Jalen, I'd be shocked if they even took a call for him. And right now when he's healthy, you know, Time Lord. Time Lord is a difference maker when he's healthy. And that's, to me, that's the one guy that if you're if you're Brad, you're going to have to hit the pause button when they say, we want Time Lord for this guy. Because you know that Time Lord is going to be really good. And you know he's going to be that dude if you trade him. He's going to come back and bust your ass every chance he gets. He's going to put 20, 10, and 5 on you. Five blocks, five assists. Gary, you you buying what Sherrod is saying right here, man. (laughs) That Time Lord is virtually untouchable. That's what you're telling me, Sherrod. I'm saying they will think about it a little bit longer and harder than they would pretty much everyone after him on the roster. That's what I'm saying. He's Listen, Tatum and Brown are at one spot, and Time Lord to me is in that. I got to think about this one for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Here's I, 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 what I wanted to ask you, Kyle. You, I see what you're you doing, Drapes. You've been around. <laughs> you've been around. You've been around Sacramento now a year and a half, two years and a half, two two, two years. It, it a little more than a year, bro. This is my second really? season. Okay. Yeah, so I like left in December of 2020. Okay, yeah. no, it's, it's like being in a bad marriage. It's like, man, I feel like 50 years now. You know, <laughs> but bro, it's only. <laughs> It's only been 14 months, man. Come okay, on, bro. You've been around now. You've seen for two se- two and a half seasons. They're 18 and 30. But they have, I mean, they're not Oklahoma City. They're not literally Orlando. They, this team has freaking talent. Mm-hmm. Halliburton, Fox, freaking Buddy Heald, um, Rashawn Holmes. The Celtics right. with Harrison Barnes. Like, like Harrison Rashawn Barnes. Yeah. Harrison Barnes. Why the hell they don't win? Why don't why aren't they twenty instead of eighteen and thirty? Why aren't they twenty four and twenty four? Why aren't they like fighting for a spot? Like this why is why aren't they like Memphis? Yeah, why aren't nope. they like? Come on, why do they win? It's obvious. You, you guys just said it. You guys, Washburn, you just said why aren't they fighting for a spot? Sharad, how come they aren't Memphis? Memphis has those dogs, you know, and that's why I wanted Marcus Smart last year. I thought Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart, you know, forget all his flaws. The dude is a gamer. He's he's landed on the line. He's trying hard every single night. And when you look at the Kings, sometimes they aren't they don't have that fight in them. You know, you you punch them in the mouth and, and they sort of dazed and confused a little bit instead of counter punching, you know? And so they need some dogs. So that's why on they that drafted team. like they drafted like Marcus Smart Jr. and Davion Mitchell. Right. Like right. Like what like that it ain't worked either. Yeah, Gary, it's 45 games into the season. You expect him to come in and be like Tim Duncan or Kevin Garnett and change the franchise's culture, big fella. Give him some time. Old, it's the they same. They should be winning 50 games this year, Drake. So you know it. They should be winning 50 games. That's what, that's what Gary. Right, that's that's what Gary. I'm, just I'm just saying, like, you, every year, like, I just think you're right, Drake. 
the Kings have to do something because it ain't working. Halle, right. Remember, when they oh, they got Halliburton. Oh, him and Fox are going to make a dynamic duo in the backcourt. Okay. Um, they got Buddy Buddy Hill's an elite shooter. Marvin Bagley, he when he gets healthy, he'll be fine. Harrison Barnes, oh, you can't part with him. The Washburn, Kings will, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, hold what are we well, doing here? Hold that no, yeah. 18 and 30. No, man. <laughs> they should be better. I agree with you. But like, don't act better? like Davion Mitchell was supposed to come in here and, and, and change the no, everything. Be Steph Curry all of a sudden. Or that Tyrese and Fox are supposed to be Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. How long did it take Steph Curry to win? Five, yeah. six years. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Trey, Everybody so give it time, big fella. Give it time. They should be, but they should be Cleveland. Look at what Cleveland's done. Give Cleveland. Put a lot of dudes together. But look Bounce, at but, Garland. But look at is, Cleveland. Garland is your De'Aaron Fox. They put a lot of dudes. They drafted well. And the Kings, Halliburton's a good draft pick. Good like, pick. he ain't no Damn bust. But this because is his Marvin, second year. This is second year. The Marvin Bagley thing, yeah, that was a problem. That you hurt him. Have yeah. Luka. Yeah. Like, that's never going right. to – that's on Vladdy's tomb. That's yeah. that's on his resume, his tomb, all that for passing up Luka. <laughs> Damn, his tomb. His tomb. He, you know he's still alive. I'm just saying. He's rolling over in his grave like, damn, I should have freaking taken Luca. Oh, man. But l- let me say this. And, and you talk to people within the Kings organization, talking about the GM, all that's in the past. Right now, they're trying to focus Gary on Monty McNair, who's in what? 15 why you months in the job. bring up old stuff. Okay, smart. I know you're bringing up old stuff. This <laughs> All I'm saying is they are underachieving, yes. Okay. But the jury is still out on Fox and Halliburton. Look at Tatum really? and Jalen Brown. You guys ready to break that up, and they are in year five or whatever it is. These dudes are in the second year together. And so I think when it comes to chalk and trades, they're going to give it time between those two. I don't already think already fired the coach. Gentry's not the long-term answer because they haven't improved much over with Alvin Gentry. So to me, like, what does Sacramento do? Like, they're the they are they are the warning. They are the like complete example of what bad can happen when you do the young. We're gonna draft a bunch of young dudes and let them all grow together. Because no, remember, it was Tyreek. It was Tyreek and Demarcus. And then it was like they, they've had three or four waves of young, young special guys, and it ain't worked. And they got you got to get them right though. But you got a bunch of dudes in that roster, Drake. Rashawn Holmes is the guy I love. I love that dude. Right. That dude plays hard hundred percent of the time. The Celtics. Yep. We were talking last year after they came in and beat the shit out of Celtics, and you were like, they playing harder. It was Rashawn Holmes that yep. won them that game. Yep. Like they got him. Like. What's going on? Like what? Like to me, the stack of Kino Kings need to do something because this ain't working. They got to do something, and it's the but West. it ain't gonna be with Fox and Halliburton, Gary. It's not gonna be with Fox and Halliburton. Well, you I'm trade telling yield, you. You trade. You don't ask for the world for Harrison Barnes. Like you get them two dudes off, and you just go young then, and then let. Dave How about this? How about play. this? On February 11th. The day after the trade deadline, if the Kings don't make a move, then you could come at me and say, what are they doing, Drapes? What's happening? <laughs> you don't, don't think Monty McNair's, you know, 
you know what? It's not working. Of course, trust me, I, I, they're going to make a move. I don't think it's going to be with the big, big names, though. I don't think it's going to be with Fox and Halliburton. I, I just don't see it. I mean, I was telling somebody, any, like, to me, Halliburton, when, when you talk about the roster they have, he's part of the future. They're not just giving up oh. on Tyrese Halliburton. I'm not saying trade yeah. Halliburton. Or tra- I don't think they should trade Fox, but everybody around them, and you keep Mitchell, he's a rookie, but everybody around them, it just seems like it's a culture of like, well, we'll get them next year. And then it's like, and it, there's nothing to do in Sacramento. It's not a great city in terms of not to live. You're like, crazy. Hey, oh, you ain't hung out with me yet, oh, big fella. Oh, big fella. I'll take you to some okay. spots. Next you know me. Month, whenever we go hey. out there again, <laughs> it's not a city that's going to attract the hell out of free agents. So you, Monty McNair has to be like, he has to make shrewd moves to get dudes in there that want to play and sack. And then you got to get a right. good coach. Let me ask you. Let me ask you real quick. If Monty McNair would have made the Kuzma Montrez Harrell trade, would that have been a good deal for yes. Buddy Hill? Yes. yes. So he did make the trade. It Lakers pulled out at the last minute because they wanted Westbrook. Well, well, and Westbrook. obviously that turned into a fail. Like, so it, you know, give Monty some credit. Like, I agree. February 10th comes, you got to improve the roster. You got to do something, right? But this whole, oh, it's just Sacramento, you know, what's going on? The dude tried to make moves. He made a hell of a trade, if you ask me. Getting Kuzma and Montrez? Oh, my gosh. That would have been so good. Okay, That would have been so good. Let's flip it. Go ahead. What you got, Kwan? The Kings are sitting at 12 in the West. That's not a great place to be, but... From your perspective, what has been a positive? What maybe is a strength? Oh, Kwani. Oh. See, I, I like that. That's the table. I'm just curious. Kwani, me, me and you could do a podcast any day. You know, you like to look on oh, the now you want to work with her. Now you want to work with her. Because let's be honest, whatever that strength is, the Celtics could probably lose to them solely based off of that. Totally. Not to hey, we, we saw it last year. We saw the Celtics get swept last year by the Sacramento Kings. And so... You know, I, I think the King's strength, Tyrese Halliburton, he's a gamer. When you Love talk him. about one of the Love positives, him. the dude is a 20 and 10 guy. When De'Aaron Fox missed those games, Tyrese had four straight games of 20 plus points, 10 plus assists. And so the thing about the Kings, when they get hot, they're tough to beat. Like, and so they, yeah. they, it's sort of like a snowball effect down, you know, they can drop 120, 130 on you in a heartbeat. You know, the, the scary part about the matchup with the Celtics, and this will be fun to watch, is both teams have trouble closing teams out at the mm-hmm. end of the game. You know what I mean? So if somebody has a big lead, like if the Celtics are up 20, which I know they've blown those leads in the past, I think, you know, they'll win that game. But if it's close, man, it's like whichever team, you know, doesn't make the most mistakes down the stretch. And also, quiet as is kept, the Air Fox, for the most part, has been playing some great basketball over the last month. He had a couple games there. He missed last game. Hopefully he's back uh, on, on Tuesday. But uh, he's a star. Rashawn Holmes is back. And so, you know, we got Tristan Thompson, too. Your boy, Tristan Thompson, uh, is out here. So I, I'm looking forward to I, I'm looking forward to that reception on uh, Tuesday when he's back in Boston. And so there's some pieces. Mm. But back to Washburn's point, too, Kwani, it's like this team is underachieving. There's no way they should be worse than they were a season ago. And that's what's happening. And I, I think it's driving Alvin Gentry crazy. It's driving everybody crazy. Like, what is going on here? 
Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, but it, again, it, it's as as sad, as much as you don't want to acknowledge it, it's kind of become their culture to be underachieving. Like they've like in the last decade or so, they've had some decent teams that were talent wise good enough to be a playoff team, but for right. whatever reason, came up short. And they, they've got to figure out a way to change that culture. Uh, and it's yeah. not just about getting talent; it's about just finding a way to get folks to not just think they can win, but actually go into games and go into season expecting to do it, which I don't think right. they're at. Yeah, and, and when you look at it, too, look at the names that have played for the Sacramento Kings. Like, when you look at it, they've had some, whether it's Rondo or Rudy Gay or DeMarcus or Vince Carter, like, they've had some names come through, but nobody ever changes the culture, and, and it makes me wonder, well, when you look at it, think about it. They've had, what, 11 coaches in the last 10 years or something like that has been? 11 coaches in 12 years. So you need that stability, man. You need to say, you know what? This is our GM. This is our coach. And we're going to let it ride for three to four years. And so, mm-hmm. obviously, Luke Walton didn't work out. But I think this GM, Monty McNair, I, I think he's the right guy. We just got to let him do his thing. I mean, this is second full season. Uh, think about it. Let, let's talk about the Celtics. Danny Ainge, as great as Danny was, how long did it take him, Washburn, to turn things around? You you had to get one KG. You get one KG. Look at Phoenix. You get one Chris Paul, and that's what the Kings need. They need that unifying leader, that culture changer that they don't have right now. Well, who's going to come to Sacramento to do that? that You're going to have to draft that dude. Besides you, you, who's going to Besides you, who's going to Sacramento voluntarily? <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I'm doing my part, big fella. I told Alvin Gentry, I just talked to Alvin. I said, as, as whatever part I'm doing, you know, I'm out here trying to change things. But look at it. KG, KG was a trade, Kwani. Chris Paul wasn't a free agent signing. Chris Paul was a trade. And when Phoenix traded for Chris Paul, everybody was like, oh, man, they're taking on this $40 million? Please. So the Kings would need to do something like that. Take a gamble on a savvy vet that has, you know, playoff experience and is a culture changer. The problem is those guys just don't grow in trees. You know, it's not. They a don't grow in trees and those trees don't plant roots in Sacramento. Because, <laughs> Drapes, think about it. Convincing Chris Paul to go to Phoenix, convincing Chris Paul to go to Sacramento, which is the easier sell? Hey, I'll tell you what. Sacramento's just like Boston. And clip this and That's put it out there to ease your podcast. Please. Hey, okay, KG didn't want to come to Boston at first, but then he came he, here and he fell in love with it. Decade. The same thing with Sacramento. You come there, Chris Weber, a legend in Sacramento. My guy, Doug Christie, Mike Bibby. Talk to all the guys that have come through Sacramento and played. They tell you, them, that fan base, man, is, 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 is it's amazing. It deserves better. And, and, they, and they built a new arena for those chumps, and they still can't win. <laughs> No, hey, I'm not here for this. I'm not here for this King slander, Washburn. I'm not here for this King slander. It was a setup, Kyle. And then name name the street after David Stern. It's on David Stern. Like, like the Kings, like, was like, David Stern was like, I'm going to let y'all. It went all in. It went all in. I'm a team in Sacramento. If you build an arena and name the street after me, the King's like, okay. Like, Gary's been waiting to get this off his chest. So I'm glad he's. No, you you know what it is, Kwani. See, 
Gary's worried about all the other stuff. He want to know where he could go partying after games. He want to know what name the street is. I'm talking about basketball, big fella. I'm talking about inside that building. And as you know, Washburn, growing up in California, when the Kings were rocking, it was the most difficult place to play. That fan base was rapid. Then you got the bells ringing and everything. The, the Kings basketball is so disgusting, you got fans vomiting on courtside. <laughs> Drake, I'm sorry. I didn't know wow. Gary was You know what it is? is. The Kings Dude had a good time, though. Dude had a great night. Let's not Absolutely. act like y'all ain't been out and vomited once or twice in your careers. This, hey, it happens to us all at some point. Not on the court. Wow, that was crazy. Not on the I'm not blaming the Kings. Not I'm, not blaming, I'm not blaming the Kings for that. But my point is, is that it seems like the Kings have to do something, but like the Celtics at times, they hold on to their assets, like the their asking price for Harrison Barnes. Like it's it can't be so steep. Like you you're right, Drake. They've got to take some chances, get some young guys, maybe get a guy. I mean, and I thought I, mean, I thought Tristan Thompson would help with leadership. Now, obviously, he's got a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah, Kwani. But you would think you would you would have thought that Tristan and I saw a couple of his press conferences with Sack. He was keeping it real yep. with the guys. But it, it sounds like <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to get someone like him who's actually engaged and who could actually really play still play because it doesn't sound like he's playing all that much. Right. right. He's not playing much. And you need more of those guys, too. You know, that that's the biggest problem. You know, accountability, not not from the coaching staff, but from each other. You know what I mean? Like losing has to suck. You got to hate losing. And I, they don't, you know, they haven't shown me that losing bothers them yet. You know, mm-hmm. we hear it in the practice of uh, post-game press conferences, Harrison Barnes down, De'Aaron Fox. But then we see the same things. And so that's why I thought Marcus Smart, man, last year, not not necessarily this year because you got Davion, you got, the, you know, your backcourt is pretty much set. But I thought Marcus Smart would really help this team because he does all the things that don't show up in the box score. And sometimes, you know what? You need somebody to throw a clipboard or you need somebody to get into a fist fight or, or challenge each other on the sidelines or something like that. So you need somebody to make sure things ain't sweet every single day. Like losing sucks, man. And so you, you need somebody that uh, can bring that energy. And right now they, they don't really have that. Hmm. Yeah. And, and you get a firsthand view of that every night. Mm-hmm. All, uh, all I know is since I've been in Sacramento, we're two and zero against the Celtics. Ooh, ooh, that's all oh, I know. Oh, oh, oh shot fired. So I'm I'm undefeated. My squad yeah. is undefeated. Okay. We'll see your on new Tuesday. team. So your, your your new team is 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 obviously handling their business. Okay, exactly. Okay. Well, they need they know team. how much this game means to me on Tuesday. Yeah. Come clearly, on, man. clearly, they're playing for trades. That's what it is. They're playing for trades. Child Draper comeback game. Listen, Washburn rolling his eyes. We can do this all Draper comeback game. Yeah, comeback game. I can't wait to see y'all at the game. I can't wait. I want to see that Kyle Draper tribute video. Oh no! Oh, what if they did have one? That would be crazy. I should put. I might. I might actually put that out. Real quick. I know. Hey, shoot, shoot, Rich Gotham or somebody a text real quick. Set that up. So have, 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 a, have, a two, have a two shot of you and Tristan. That's what we want. <laughs> no, but if he gets one, I'm thinking a two shot. Tristan, Tristan, yeah, me and Tristan, exactly. That's my guy. We could do this all day, but obviously we ain't got all day. I know uh, Kwani's got stuff to do. 
I do. Um, you want me to talk what about? You got to do, Kwani. Yes. talk about what you got going. Yeah, on. what you got going on? Now so that you can I, talk about what you got going on, now that you oh, know what like, you got. I know what I'm talking. See, they always make fun of me, Kyle. You need to come back to Boston. Kwani, so, Kwani, Kwani is going to talk about this thing she's about to do, and when we asked her about it last week, she didn't know exactly what it was she was going to be doing. Because I hadn't read. <laughs> she she did her research. She ready now. My, she's ready now. But ahead, if Kwani. you're watching this by now, it should have aired. The Celtics are hosting a panel, Celtics United on mental health, specifically in the black community. I'll be moderating with a bunch of professionals, local medical professionals here in Boston. So I'm sure there'll be a link online somewhere for you guys to catch the, nice. the replay of it. Absolutely. And, and you can find, and Gary Washburn, he's got his court sense, good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. I like the story about Marcus Smart, uh, yeah. you know, and just, just the, his, you know, message to the team, which is kind of, kind of jiving what you talk about, Drapes, about him being able to, you know, give you some of those intangibles that you want in terms yeah. of leadership and kind of, sh- you know, kind of write the ship and all that. And, you know, I'm doing my thing, you know, Ebony, Bleacher Report, <laughs> Facebook, Silliness Media. In living color. In living, I, I'm 12 just, jobs. What the- <laughs> I'm that dude. I am, I am that dude. Really is. Really I am right. that dude. Uh, but also before we, before we head out though, I wanted to also just, uh, you know, touch on real quickly. I mean, obviously this week, a lot of people, are thinking about Kobe Bryant, uh, the two-year anniversary of, of his, his his passing, and and I am as well. But I'm also thinking about the the uh, one-year anniversary of Zaku Smith, uh, someone mm-hmm. that we know well. In fact, his he and Kobe died on the same day, one year apart. Wow. Uh, so he's he's definitely been on my mind, which is why I am rocking my Zaku Strong T-shirt ah, today. Okay. Um, so that's what that's about. So. Um, but yeah, I just I wanted to end it on that note because again, we, we there's a lot of stuff going on in this world today, and we really need to, you know, hold our our friends as tight as we can, let them know how we care about them, we love them when we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had and Kwani, you remember this? We had Zeku on on, the, on this podcast like the week before, before he yeah. passed away. Wow. Um, and so that you know was very kind of tough for me on a personal level, just because I've known Zeku longer than I've known any of y'all. Um, he was one of my day ones. Um, so, um, thinking about him this week and then thinking about Kobe as well, obviously, and, and thinking about Drapes and his little two and old record against the, yeah, against the Celtics yeah. coming to an end. That's, That's coming to an end. Got, we, need to, we need to, we need to, we, I, we need to kind of kind of just filter that, that, that little nugget out there. Like you do know that, that y'all, yeah. the Kings have whipped y'all ass every single time <laughs> they play since Drapes left. It's so, Kyle. I'm just, I mean, Mark, I mean, Marcus, you, you just might want to, I'm just saying, you might, right. might be part of your message you to your team. Right. That might be part of the pep talk. Hey, my boys will be ready. This and, and let, let me let me say this real quick to you guys. Washburn, if you travel, you too, Sherrod, if y'all come to the game in March in Sacramento, don't run back to San Francisco after the game, because that's what they do, Kwani. That's what they I'm drive up there the game and then they drive back to San Francisco. That's Stay exactly in Sacramento. I'll show you the hot spots, like I always did in Boston. I'll do it to you out for you out there as well. We'll hang out. I just want yeah. I just want to make sure we go yeah. somewhere where there's no tumbleweeds in the middle of the road. Because I've Trust Sacramento is the only you. city I've ever been in in the NBA where I you literally saw, saw a big the, fat wow. wad of tumbleweed just rolling across the street. I got you. Trust me. Sacramento is on and popping. I want a live report up. from whatever you guys well for the beginning. Uh, Sacramento was not Sacramento was not on my playlist of cities in the spring. Hey, come in March. I got you. I got you. I'm going to take a look at the calendar, see if we can squeeze a little little, little King action in there. Okay. Okay. Kwani, close us out. 
Wait, before we close out, Kyle, have you been up to anything? On do you have any extra jobs that you want to pub as well? Cracking no, on me? No, no I'm not. I'm not that. Much. Yeah, I, I, no, I don't have anything going on. It's kind of quiet. I did some still do uh, cameo? college bass, huh? You still do cameo? I did. I got to do one uh, tomorrow, so I'm on cameo. <laughs> Hit me up. I got to do one. I'm gonna do it from the garden as well. What else I got going on? I'm going to Atlanta. We play in Atlanta on uh, Wednesday, so I'm gonna go to the Seku Smith. Uh, you know, media center down there, you know, the press room. So it'd be are cool you gonna, to see how that. How long are you staying in Atlanta? Just one night, big fella. Okay. That's Atlanta I'm can only Thursday. handle me one night. I'm getting Thursday. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Oh, y'all play Atlanta, don't y'all? Yeah. Oh, Friday. man. I'm going to miss y'all. I'm, I'm going back to SAC on uh, Thursday. Okay. All right. But we'll catch up in Sacramento, right? I'm going to look at the calendar and see. I'll hold exactly. it to it. Cool. <laughs> Well, this was a great episode. Thank you, Kyle, for giving us some of your valuable time because, you know, you're so busy. Valuable. But <laughs> for Aisha Blakely and Gary Washburn, I'm Kwani A. Lunas. This is the A-List Podcast. As always, if you haven't subscribed, please be sure to do so. And we'll be back next week with another episode.